As with anything that relates to the federal government, not much is crystal clear and easy to understand, even when it is in writing. I recently had someone question an episode I did on church employees and who needed to abide by overtime rules. After doing further research, I learned something new, and of course, I have to share that with you because I can't learn something cool and not tell you about it too. So if you're ready to add another piece of church finance knowledge to that beautiful brain of yours, listen on. Hello, my name is Michelle Brown, and I love all things business, church finances, and books. In this podcast, we are going to learn the ins and outs of church finances, minister taxes, and how to run a church office or your business while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen, my friend, and let's get ready to learn something cool today. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm your host, and as you know, I believe that note takers are history makers, and there is always something you can take notes on, so let's get started. But first, here is today's quote by Greek philosopher Aristotle, and he said, We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. I just thought that was cool. Now, on to today's topic. We will be discussing fact sheet number 14A from the Wage and Hour Division of the United States Department of Labor. Fact sheet 14A is subtitled Nonprofit Organizations in the Fair Labor Standards Act or the FLSA. And that's how I will refer to this in this podcast is the acronym FLSA. The fact sheet explains how employees are covered by this protection and just what it offers. First, let's state what protections the Act offers. In this Act, you'll find provisions for minimum wage amounts, overtime regulations, record-keeping requirements, and child labor standards. The objection to the advice that I gave was that nonprofit organizations are exempt from the FLSA and are therefore not subject to overtime and minimum wage rules. Well, there are two ways that employers meet the qualifications to be covered, and we're going to talk about those. Number one is called enterprise coverage. This type of coverage is for employees who work for businesses that generate at least $500,000 in annual sales revenue. Okay, that's the key word, sales revenue. Nonprofit organizations generally do not qualify for this coverage unless they actually engage in commercial activity that generates business income. Charitable donations are not considered business income. So what would be considered business income? Think of a hospital gift shop or a clinic that provides low-cost medical services for a fee. The caveat here is that the income must be generated from activities that are operated for a business purpose and and not from the organization's charitable activities. To give you an exact example used on the fact sheet, they say a nonprofit animal shelter provides free veterinary care, adoption services, and shelter for homeless animals, which is the charitable activity. But in addition, the shelter provides veterinary care for a fee to customers. There's the commercial activities. If the revenue generated from the organization's commercial activities is at least $500,000 in a year, The employees engaged in the commercial activities are protected by the FLSA on an enterprise basis. Okay, so employees of the organization's charitable activities are not covered on an enterprise basis. 
since those activities do not have a business purpose. So you can actually have employees in the same nonprofit organization. Some are covered, some are not covered. Now, on to the second way employees are covered under this act. Individual coverage. And this is the one that you most need to remember and pay attention to. Under this coverage, employees are entitled to its protections if they are engaged in quote-unquote interstate commerce or in the production of goods for interstate commerce or in any closely related process or occupation directly essential to such production. So what does all that mean? Well, that means if you have employees that make or receive phone calls to anyone out of state, ship materials to another state, i.e. mail, emails, or transporting persons or property to another state, then you are involved in interstate commerce, which means you would fall under the Fair Labor Standards Act. Right? To give you another example from the fact sheet, and they, they actually did this one really well. Um, this was from the 2009 uh, release of this fact sheet. It says examples of employees who are involved in interstate commerce include those who produce goods, such as a worker assembling components in a factory or a secretary typing letters in an office that will be sent out of state. Regularly make telephone calls to persons located in other states. Handle records of interstate transactions, i.e. emails. Travel to other states on their jobs and do janitorial work in buildings where goods are produced for shipment outside the state. So as you can see, it's hard to say that your church employees don't fall under these protections unless you have employees that don't talk on the phone, don't send or receive emails, don't order supplies online, and don't use supplies ordered in from another state. Your employees are going to be protected and must abide by the overtime regulations, the minimum wage rules, the record recording requirements, which just another way of saying tracking their hours or filling out time cards and child labor standards. You also may wonder about volunteers. Well, that's covered on this fact sheet as well. There are three things you need to remember about volunteers. Number one, individuals are not allowed to volunteer in commercial activities run by a nonprofit organization. Example, a gift shop, okay? You are not allowed to have volunteers in a gift shop because they are making money. That's the business side of the church or organization. Okay. Number two, volunteers are also not allowed to displace regular employee workers or perform, perform work that would normally be done by a paid employee. An example of this is I also own a Christian bookstore. I can't have volunteers working in my store. If anybody's in my store and they're working, they have to be paid because my business is a for-profit business. Another example would be you decide you're going to get rid of your bookkeeper because somebody else said that they would volunteer to do the same work. That is displacing a regular employee worker or performing work that would normally be done by a paid employee. This says you can't do that. Or number three, paid employees of a church or nonprofit are not allowed to volunteer for the same type of services that they are paid to provide as an employee. Example, your church secretary can't work her paid hours and then volunteer to come in and record business meeting minutes as it's the same type of work. 
Okay, I know we've mentioned that before, we've talked about that before, but here is where this actually comes from. And again, this is worksheet number 14A from the Wage and Hour Division of the United States Department of Labor. I will put a link in the show notes for this so that you can click on it. Uh, the first one that's going to pull up is the one that was done, I believe, in August 2015. And then there's a link inside that one that will take you also to the one done in 2009. All right. And that is going to wrap up another episode, my friend. I pray that the information provided helps you to better understand labor laws for churches and also how volunteers are impacted by these same regulations as well. So until next time, my friend, let's all strive to make an impact and not just an income. And take care and remember to always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you learned something new or were inspired in any way, please do me a huge Omongo favor and leave me a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people to find the show and then share this episode with someone who you think it could help. Until next time, my friend, be blessed.